Oh, I should probably get the cameras rolling, right? I should absolutely get the cameras rolling. Oh, you're going to get them for me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can go. I am. Mic check, mic check. One, two. I am back. It's your boy, Rich. And this is the Applying Logic Podcast, episode two. Thank you guys for everybody who hit me up to ask, yo, what's going on with the next episode? Um, I'm going to start by apologizing. I know it's definitely been more than a week, and I know I said I would be doing this weekly, and then the holidays, are ki- the holidays hit, and traveling, hanging out with my kiddos, so, you know. But as promised, I'm going to try to make this a weekly thing. Alongside the Guys Unpacked podcast, told y'all that was coming back. Me and Dre are still in business, recording out of Soundbank Studios. You already know the deal. And full disclosure, um, for those of you who are listening to the audio version, you can't see this, but if you watch the video when it drops on Logic Promotions uh, YouTube page, you'll see different set, different setup, different layout. Um, this was kind of deliberate. I made a decision. I wanted, because I... I actually recorded an episode at Soundbank Studio, kind of short. Um, and after doing the recording, I was like, you know what? I, I wanted to make sure that this stood out a little bit more from Guys Unpacked. So yes, of course, I'm still doing Guys Unpacked with Dre. We're still recording that out of Soundbank Studio, but I wanted a different aesthetic for the Applying Logic podcast. So at the moment, while this is still a work in progress, I might be recording out of here. The scenery may change a little bit. We're going we to play with this until we get it right, until we figure out what's going to make the most sense for this, all right? But thank you guys for sticking with us and for tuning in today. Let's get down to some business real quick first. Um, if you are in the DMV area for New Year's Day, you already know what that's about. The homie Sekou Flex got royalty, all-inclusive day fet going down. So if you live in the DMV, if you've ever been to royalty, if you're planning on traveling, being in the DMV for New Year's Day, clear your schedule, make your plans, meet us at royalty. Follow Seiko, follow, Jesus, it's a long day. Follow Seiko Flex on Instagram right now. He's going to have all the information right now. He's in teaser mode, so we don't got all the details posted yet, but follow him once them tickets drop. You're going to want to get those because royalty is one of the parties that you just don't want to miss for New Year's Day. So that is Sekou Flex on Instagram. Follow him, royalty, New Year's Day. Make your plans. We outside. All right? The business is out the way. <clears throat> get me a drink real quick before the night gets started. All right, y'all. So, a lot has been going on in the news, and I have not had a chance to talk with my, my people about it, so I'm not going to try to dwell too long on the stuff that I'm already late on, because I'm already late on it, right? So, I'm going to talk about it, touch on it a little bit, but I'm going to start with something that was both hilarious to me and also kind of interesting to talk about, <laughs> is the situation with T.I. and his son, King. Um... For those of y'all who have been following, who know what's going on, uh, T.I. got into a little scuffle, a little physical altercation with his son. It started, with, it started verbally, and his son, King, like most kids, uh, threw it up on the socials. So, and that's really the only reason people even know about this matter, because his son went live or recorded the video and then posted it later. I wasn't privy to what happened at the time, but I believe it was a live where they were at the uh, at a game in Atlanta where T.I. performed for halftime. I think it was a Hawks game. And basically, his son, King, was going off about not being a silver spoon kid, you know, The interesting part of that is, you know, his son has, T.I. has been rich more or less his, his son's entire life. So whether he wanted that or not, whether that was what he aspired to do or be, you were born into a, well, a family with money and fame. It's not just about the money, but T.I. and Tiny have been famous your entire life. So that's going to come with a certain level of privilege that is inherent. 
you can't run away from that. You can't avoid it, right? But apparently that's been a matter of contention between T.I. and King. And he was on, he was on the video talking a lot about trying to, trying, to, trying to present this image of things that he went through whether or not they be true, we're just talking about, you know, how he's from the streets and all this other stuff. And, you know, T.I. and Tiny, it, it sounded at the beginning like they were joking, you know, talking about, yo, you ain't never wake up with no roaches on your face, not that anybody would want to, but, like, basically detailing their struggle, like, you never lived this. You never lived what we lived to put you in the position you're in. And, you know, he's like, oh, well, you know, talking about areas he's from, an area he visited and whatever. So long story short, because I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version of what happened. If you right now, if you Google Ti and his son, you could find the whole story on online. Right? This ain't gonna be the full recap of that. What it, what was interesting to me, was the entire concept because I realized, um, me and Dre were talking about another similar incident with uh, Benzino and Coyle Ray. If you don't know, Coyle Ray is Benzino's daughter. Coyle Ray is, an, is a rapper, relatively new. Uh, and for those of you my age, y'all know who Benzino is. And when, even when she came out, I didn't realize she was Benzino's daughter. That wasn't, she did not come out, at least in the earlys, um, kind of riding that, riding his coattails per se, right? So... I didn't even realize she was Benzino's daughter at first, but then, of course, it became public information. And me and Dre were, were, were discussing, talking about it on the pod, on Guys Unpacked, and we may, we may unpack this on the next episode when we record this week, but at the time, I was like, yeah, it's funny, or not even that it's funny. It's interesting listening to Benzino's reaction. I'll get into some of that with you guys. But... I didn't see a lot of merit in it until it really hit me today when I saw the T.I. thing with his son. I'm like, growing up as the child of a celebrity is in this day and age seems very different from like what we saw of celebrity children when we were younger. And what I mean is you have all of this, this, social media access right now. Like all of these kids have their own followings, you know? All of these kids have their own networks. They have their own personalities and and they are their own people in terms of their their fan base, whether they're in an industry or not. But you're coming up behind someone whose shadow is cast over you, more or less. And I'm seeing more and more of these kids either lashing out or going the direction of trying to distance themselves from their celebrity parents. So, and it could go back. I'm not even going back too far, but you know, you heard about what happened. Like, we all know about like 50 and his kid. And then you t think about Kurt Franklin and his kid. And even more recently, there was an incident with um, Michael Irving. Now, Michael Irving's son, a lot of y'all know Michael Irving football player, star, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. And his son is a rapper. Well, I didn't realize his son was a rapper until he said something about it on Undisputed. And when he talked about it, he was like, yo, you are out here portraying this life, talking about this gangster stuff. Because his son is really putting it out there like he's in the struggle, right? And Michael Irving's kind of like, Though you grew up in a you grew up in a gated community, like everything you have, I've provided for you financially, right? So even what you're saying in your rap isn't authentic, and, and that's an argument in itself because it's like whether or not what these rappers saying is authentic is is up for debate, right? Some of them are, some of them isn't, some of it's glorification, whatever. But bottom line is, Michael Irvin kind of took offense to that um, on Undisputed and and brought it up. The funny part of that is, if he didn't say anything, a lot of people didn't know that this kid, I can't remember the, 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 his kid's name, his rap name, but a lot of people didn't even know that that was his son. So his son was actively not, his son was not using his name or not trading on his name to build his success or fame. He was trying to do it on his own and 
might kind of put him on front street, right? And then, so then you get to like Coyle Ray and Benzino. And a big part of her success, even though she didn't really claim it, people attribute it to her relationship to Benzino. Um, whether they, they thought she was like benefiting off of his name even without using it. And so Benzino went on a, he went on Instagram not too long ago and posted from to his live where he he went in. Like he detailed his struggles, what he went through with the mom, what he what he did for them, you know, the money he spent, the money he lost, etc. Talked about, you know, them, the stuff they said to him and about him. And he really laid all of it out on social media. And it was it was kind of difficult to watch because if you if you saw the video, you kind of feel for like where he's coming from as a father, but at the same time, I don't know their story. I don't know how much of what he's saying is just from his perspective versus what she was saying. And when you're the 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 parent and you were already rich and you were already famous and you already did all of these things and now your child is is or is more or less profiting or benefiting from that association and affiliation with you. And, and doing it in a way that's derogatory or negative to you, yeah, that has an impact. That's something that, like, you understand from a, a parent's perspective why they would feel some type of way, why they might feel slighted, why they may want to retaliate. And then when you, when you talk about people who are already living in the public eye, celebrities, it, it's harder to say, okay, like, I know I can say whatever issue I have with my family I'm keeping to myself, or we're handling it one-on-one, -on -one, we're handling it in person. But you as a celebrity and entertainer who's getting your name dragged publicly may not want to handle that in private. You may want to handle it as publicly as you feel the disrespect came. So that may result in going live, hopping on your Instagram to address the issues, right? So you have that situation, then you have the Master P and Romeo situation, which also played out equally publicly. So I'm looking at these few instances of celebrity parents with children also in the industry and the public beef that, that's playing out or the public airing out of drama, whether it be telling personal business or financial problems that you're now letting the world be privy to whatever business dealings you guys had that you couldn't agree on or that went wrong or whatever. And that brings it right up to this TI thing, which I think is bigger than that. But like, I'm staying there for a second because I'm like, it must be so difficult on both parts to be the child that is now an adult. Now he's 18, right? So he's technically an adult, but to be the offspring of this successful, famous, rich rapper and an R&B singer, and have to come up in that spotlight and try to forge your own path and be your own person, but you are going to constantly live with the comparison or the the knowledge that, yeah, most of what you have is attributed to, to who you are, who you were born as, who your parents are. And I understand that being a struggle. I understand, I understand the concept of... I understand how difficult that could be to deal with as as a child, young man, young woman trying to make your way in the industry. At the same time, I get it from the point of view of the parents, and I'm not gonna lie, I lean I lean to favoring the parents' point of view in a lot of this even more because I as the parent went through the struggle. Like the things that you're claiming are happening to you and the things you're saying is the life you live, that was my life. That's what I actually went through. And I did all of that so that you wouldn't have to. So I got myself out of these bad situations and out of this negativity. And I made I, I made myself rich, famous, whatever, to provide for you so that you don't have to do those things for yourself. So to see you claiming that and pretending that you're living that life 
is a little bit of a slap in the face. And this is my opinion. This is just my opinion. Um, if you People will feel differently about it. But as I look at at the video and even listening to what he's saying, like, like you got T.I. and Tiny kind of making fun of him. And, and, <laughs> and to be fair, like if I'm, a, if I'm an adult and you're telling people I was on the passy till I was 12 and I was running to my grandma's house because y'all wouldn't let me suck on a pacifier till I was 12 years old, yeah, I'd be a little mad too. Granted, you were the one who went live, so nobody would have heard them jokes if you didn't go live. But like, I understand the embarrassment. Um, I, I still think old little boy was wrong. Let me be clear. I don't agree with him. I think the way he handled it was wrong. Um, but not even but. I, I 100% understand from the parents' point of view when you, when you look at that situation and you're trying to educate and school your kid and keep him in line and they publicly disrespecting you. And then you're already a public figure, so they're doing it. They're not doing it in front of their friends, their 10 to 20 friends, or they, they, they high school class. They're doing it in front of millions. Yeah, sometimes, okay, you know what? You're going to publicly disrespect me. I might, have to, I might have to retaliate. Call it childish, call it whatever, but I, I get it. Now, <laughs> now, King tried his hand a little bit. And got a little physical. <laughs> and the video ended with, with T.I. <laughs> yo, I'm sorry. Yo, the video ended with T.I. having to put him in that Draymond Green, that uh, <laughs> that Jody chokehold and be like, yo, like, chill out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and that was the that to me was the best part of the video, because honestly, like, I got a daughter, so I don't have this situation, but I understand for my like my friends who have sons and they'll tell you like even as a even as a boy like you get to that point where you really kind of start to feel yourself and maybe you don't maybe because you don't know your dad as you don't know your dad when he was your age so right now you might feel like you're in a position where you can kind of say whatever to your dad or you could kind of kind of talk crazy to him and and ti son was talking crazy to him like he calling him nigga like he was like yo yo nigga this and nigga that and he told me yo i stand on business i stand on business like all right and you 18 now yeah yo it, we 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 might have to uh, you want to be a man we might have to handle this like men like he kind of lucky like it went the way it went and we don't know how it went after the camera cut off because after he got thrown in that chokehold, camera cut off, and that was all that was all she wrote with that. So we don't know how that actually ended, but bottom line is it was funny to see because you know, after a little while, you only gonna tolerate but so much disrespect from your son before it's like, okay, now if I put these hands on you, <laughs> you wanna be a man, you're gonna see what happens when you deal with a man, and I might have to put these hands on you, and that's kind of what happened, and you know. But I hope everything works out well for that family. Um, wishing them all the best. Uh, hopefully they're they able to figure their issues out on the sideline. And kids, here, here's the other, the other take, my other takeaway from this. Yo, when you have it, like, I don't, I, I don't know another way to say this. Like, you're in the position that people struggle to get out of. And it's kind of the same thing we were saying like with the John Moran thing. Like when you're there, you were either born there, and by there I mean rich. Like by there I mean you're not in the struggle. You're not doing crazy stuff to get money. You're not, you're not struggling. You're already, you've made it, and you've made it by virtue of what your parents did to put you in these positions. This this need and this thirst to portray this life of this struggle for street cred or to show you stand on business or to to prove whatever you do, whatever it is you're trying to prove, I promise you it's not worth it. And, and when I say that, I, I mean that with the all sincerity, absolutely not worth it because all you've you are where the people that you're trying to impress 
or the people that you're trying to put the, the lifestyle they're trying to portray, they want to be where you are. You're already there. Embrace that. <laughs> like, I don't know another way to say it. Like the the urge and the need to to look like you're struggling or to be where the struggle is 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 bizarre to me because I promise you, where you are, the people who are struggling, they want to be where you are. So Take that for what it's worth, but those are just my thoughts on the little, the the situation with T.I. and his son King, and just all the celebrity parents who got to go through it with their kids. I wish them all the best. I hope that they're able to work through whatever the issues are. Hopefully, T.I. and Tiny handle that. Um, what else is on the agenda? What else have I missed? I debated whether or not I was going to talk about this topic, and I decided, because it's old, older at this point, but it, it, it's it been on my mind mainly because a lot of the, because of a lot of the commentary I've seen about it, and I just want to apply a little logic to some of the, the stuff that I've been seeing and, and maybe provide a different perspective. Obviously, I'm talking about what happened in, in New York with uh, the the avalanche, the waterfall of cases and charges and civil cases that were brought last week. And I, um, like I said, I wrestled back and forth with whether, whether or not this was going to be a topic of the podcast. And, you know, I just feel like it's, it's something I couldn't avoid. So it, it obviously, so it started with, with Diddy and Cassidy, not Cassidy. Wow. With Diddy and Cassie, I'm sorry. And it all started with a civil suit. She claimed um, a lot of stuff. I'm not even going to get into all the details. Like, it's been all over online. But she put a lot of claims for things, uh, crimes that were committed against her during the course of their over a 10-year relationship. And it looked nuts when you read what she was alleging happened. Like even beyond the stuff that she's saying happened to her, like talking about like Kid Cudi and how um, Diddy blew up his car and all kinds of craziness. So when I saw that case, when I, at least when we saw the news reports, I was like, well, yeah, I'm a, it was like, we were get me and Dre were getting ready to record Guys Unpacked. And we ended up not recording that week, but like I was wrestling with even talking about it with him that day. And then, like I said, we postponed and cool. Don't don't got to talk about this. And then it just it didn't even go away, but it like the the progress of that was almost instantaneous. Like you had the allegations, and you had the the media, social media, internet blowback around the allegations, and then the next day settlement done. Oh nope. Later that day, the response from Diddy's lawyer. And then the next day, settlement. And the settlement seemed amicable on both parts. Both parties put out statements. And then a lot of people were like, wow, that was over. And so to touch on that one first and specifically, I, I am a, I'm that guy that when something breaks, I'm going straight to the comments. Like, waste no time. Soon as I saw it on the internet, I was like, let me see where the people stand with this. Because one thing about the comments, they don't disappoint. Whether it's supposed to be funny or not, you are going to see every possible, every possible opinion is going to be in them comments. You would think something is cut and dry, like real simple, like, nah, this is easy. Like, people got to be siding with X or Y, but nope. They all over the place. So <laughs> the comment section had me had me going for a minute, right? You got the people. Now, the initial wave, most people, most people were supportive of Cassie, at least from what I was reading. Most people were like, nah, that's crazy. Keep your head up, blah, blah, blah. But then you got the ones who had to look at things from a different perspective which is always true with the comments, which is why I always go read them. You had the 
oh, this is just a money grab. Yo, if this is true, why she ain't filed criminal? Oh, why? Oh, she just want money. Why she filed a civil suit? Blah blah blah. If he did all of this, um, and you get all of that, and I think those I. So I want to be fair if people don't, kind of don't understand how some of it works because if you don't understand how it works, it's easy to say things or look at a situation and make assumptions, right? Um, but I know a lot of people who are of that mindset where they see some of these cases hit the news and it's like, wait, you're alleging this person did all of this to you. Well, why aren't you pressing charges? Why aren't you going to the cops? Why isn't this criminal? Okay. That may be a fair assumption for someone on the outside looking in to have, but quite frankly, there's a ton of reasons why someone may try to press civil charges first or may only press civil charges. It's harder to prove criminal charges. That's the start. So if you're talking about something that happened a long time ago, your only option may be civil simply because it you won't be able to win a criminal. You won't be able to get the justice you're seeking in a criminal trial. I'm not saying that's their situation, right? What I'm saying is these are folks that got advisors, attorneys, publicists, a whole plethora of people advi- telling them how to proceed. So if they decide, hey, you know what? I think this is the route that makes the most sense. I'm sure there were a bunch of people who they talked to that came to the conclusion that this would be the way that makes the most sense. And keep in mind, this is my thinking before hearing the other news, right? This is just the initial, okay, the lawsuit came. And then you have Diddy's response to it or his lawyer's response, which is, yo, unequivocally, unequivocal denial, like it's not true, this person wanted money. We attempted to, to settle, blah, blah, blah. They didn't, you know, they weren't able to reach an agreement. And so here we are. Well, you get the folks who will, who were in the comment section saying, wait, if you're saying it didn't happen and you're saying it's not true, then why are we all settling? Why are we all offering her any money? Like if you settling, if you offering money, it means it had to have happened, right? You must be guilty. Well, yeah, it's possible. It's also possible that maybe some of it was true, maybe it wasn't all true, maybe none of it was true, but it was all something that he didn't couldn't possibly have fought against just because the allegations were so serious that he was like, it made more sense to not risk getting into a legal battle or even having this stuff on my record that I'll offer you some money to let's just make this go away, right? And whatever that amount he offered wasn't enough. But once she went public, it was like, okay, cool. Let's <laughs> let's get this out the headlines. Because regardless of what you think of Diddy or whether or not you think it happened or whether you believe Cassie or not, the reality is for any big business, Allegations like this is, it's it's problematic to say the least. Now he wasn't facing any criminal charges, so he had no risk of going to jail. So I, and that's that's another thing I want people to understand. Like this was always going to be civil, so it was always going to end with money. So there was no risk of of anyone going to jail behind this. But dealing with those type of allegations financially. When you're a, a multi-million dollar, billion dollar business, it's not worth it. So it's always going to be easier to settle, especially when you're dealing with a situation that whether the person can prove it or not, you can't disprove it. Like you can't provide any evidence that it didn't happen. So you understand some of these businesses saying, nah, I'm not even... I don't even want this hitting the headlines. I'm going to settle. Now, that's not what Diddy did. It looked like he called a bluff or it looks like he waited a little while and then she dropped the paperwork. And then the next day, 
gone. Like, all right, how much do I need to make this? How much I got to, what what number I got to put to make this go away? The rumor is they talk about, you know, she was asking for 30 million. Some people think he settled for more. My my experience has been like settlements are almost always less than what was the original ask. So I don't, under, I don't understand um, thinking that he might've settled for more than what she was originally asking for. But regardless, it's, it's out of my tax bracket. Um, and so that happened. And a lot of people watched that that day and was like, wow, that's crazy. It ended, blah, blah, blah. And just when you thought it was done, man, the next day, <laughs> I was minded. I'm, I jump on social media and I'm on spiritual word and every couple minutes, this one's been charged. Jamie Foxx, Marcellus Wiley, Jimmy Iovine. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, what is going on? What is really happening right now? And I'm texting my boys like, yo, yo, are y'all, y'all got charges? Like, do I got to look out for one of y'all names? Like, what's happening right now? And then the rest of it broke. The, the, um, the New York Survivors Act was about to expire. Had the f- 52 weeks. They gave... And for those of you who don't know, basically an act was passed where it gave um, survivors of uh, sexual assault an opportunity to seek um, to charge their uh, attacker civilly, even if the statute of limitations expired. So now if you didn't come forward during the time that you had to initially press charges, which we know a lot of people did not come forward because a lot of these these allegations were against people in positions of power that had influence in their realm and outside of their realm. So the purpose of the act was to give individuals the opportunity to say, okay, you didn't press charges back then. Maybe you were scared, maybe whatever, maybe you were intimidated. Like whatever the reason was, here you have an opportunity, even if the statute of limitations passed, to still press civil charges. And that's important distinction. No criminal charges were being brought. So for anyone saying again, oh, this is a money grab, blah, 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 whatever, right, because the victims or the survivors were given opportunities to press civil charges. The statute of limitations has already passed. Also, they had a year's window to do this. Yes, all of them, it looked like a lot of them just came out within the final week, but that also made sense to me because if I'm, contemplating doing this if i didn't do it when it happened and now i'm contemplating doing it that's something that i'm going to take my time to make that decision i'm not going to rush to say okay cool let me try to sue one of the the wealthiest most powerful influential people in the industry you know so i get it waited a while then you know when the cassie thing came and went that may have emboldened more people to move forward with their cases and quite frankly even if it was a money grab, it's like, yo, I I got all of these other situations happening that may be legit and yo, I'm gonna try to get I'm gonna try to come up too. I'm not saying that all I'm not saying all of them are money grabs. I'm saying I believe that most, if not all of these allegations are have some merit and some basis in reality, but there were probably a couple people who jumped on the bandwagon, right? Um But it's an interesting situation because you have like Eric Adams is is being accused of something from the 90s. Marcellus Wiley is being accused of something. You have some people unequivocally denying it, like Jamie Foxx was accused. And he is, beyond denying it, I, I think he was countersuing. So he's not, it looks at least at, as of the time of this recording, he's not even willing to settle. He has made the decision that, oh, if you're going to accuse me or for something that you're saying happened whenever it happened, nah. I'm going to fight that. So it will be interesting to see how some of this plays out because honestly, I am a firm, I, I'm a firm believer in like, yo, what you do is going to catch up to you at some point. And it looks like in a lot of cases, what people did is catching up to them. But I also understand how crazy and vicious like this world is and there will be some people who absolutely knew that they 
they are not victims or they in, in some of these situations, but they're looking at an opportunity to where like, yo, if folks are settling and all I got to do is say X happened and neither one of us can prove, neither one of us has enough to prove what actually happened in what I'm alleging, but I might be able to get some dollars off of it. You're going to get a couple of people who are going to do that. I don't think that's the majority by any stretch. But of course, with everything, like this is this is human nature. Like somebody gonna try to find a way to come up, right? So, but we'll see how the rest of this plays out with the uh, <laughs> situation out there in New York. And that's gonna be it for my serious topics for tonight. Um, I get into some of the, the more fun stuff, at least my favorite stuff. So, as always, for everybody who joined in, followed along for the serious stuff. Yeah, we we wrapping that up right now, and I'm gonna talk my stuff. I right? um, went and saw the Marvels. <laughs> we jumping right into it. Went and saw the Marvels. All right, <clears throat> I'm gonna address the elephant in the room real quick. Marvel Studios is not doing well right now in terms of what the the box office is saying about their movies. The Marvels did not do well in the theaters. The Marvels was a perfectly fine movie. <laughs> like I don't even understand. I get it. I I I understand that some people are Look at it, and they're, they're going through superhero fatigue, or they don't feel like the quality of the movies is the same. You know, we have issues with Jonathan Majors as Kang and all this other stuff. But take all of that out of the equation, and if you just go watch the movie, like the movie was perfectly fine. No, it wasn't Infinity War or Endgame. It wasn't the greatest thing Marvel ever did, but it also wasn't trash. So um, I went, I watched it, I enjoyed it. It was a, a perfectly run-of-the-wheel Marvel movie. Um, Kamala Khan, oh, I can't remember the, the can't remember the actor's name right now, but the young lady who played Kamala Khan, great job. Um, Photon was good. Some people don't like Brie Larson. I think she was fine as as Captain Marvel. I think this was better than her first movie, than the first Captain Marvel. And if you know me, you know I've seen all of them. I think this was better than the first Captain Marvel. So solid movie, solid B to B plus, depending on how you rate the fight scenes, the actions. Yes, there were some things that could have been better. It was short for a Marvel movie. It was about almost just the 90 minutes. I heard a lot of stuff was cut out, like some scenes were condensed, but I didn't have an issue with it. So, um, but it's not doing good. it's not doing well in the movie theaters. I don't think it means the end for Marvel. What it actually may what actually may the, may be the result of this may be a shift in focus from marvel because i've seen that in the last few projects few outings that they've done it's clear that there is a that with kevin feige back at the helm and bob Iger back in at the the top at disney like there are changes being made and it looks like those are changes that are going to be for the better for movie fans like myself and even fans of the tv shows so um, I don't remember if I talked about this last week, but we know Daredevil Born Again got pulled the, from what it was going to be. And thank God it got pulled because Daredevil's cameo in She-Hulk was horrible. Absolutely atrocious for what that character was to the Netflix fans of Daredevil. The people who tuned in because that Netflix Daredevil was phenomenal. The, the dark, gritty, the fights, all of that, like, no notes, no notes. So that version, that yellow and red version they threw into She-Hulk, oh, was a, an abomination. That was, that was the only real abomination in that movie since Abomination got nerfed. But, like, that Daredevil was absolute garbage. So I'm glad that they're pulling... Whatever it is that they were going to do, I'm glad that somebody looked at it and said, mm, nah, let's rewrite this. And 
And I don't even know what they were doing. But the fact that they're willing to pull back on it and redo it gives me hope that they realized, hey, whatever direction we were going, the fans are not feeling it. So let's give the fans what they want. And that's what I feel when I looked at, so I was looking at the trailer for Echo. And, all right, hold on. Flip it around, see what it says. See what it says. All right, we back. So yeah, I was looking at the trailer for Echo, and Echo looks good. Echo is dark. Well, okay, let me take that back. The trailer for Echo looks good. It's dark. It's gritty. It it gave me that feel. It's violent. It gave me that feel of that original Daredevil Punisher Jessica Jones Luke Cage. Like, deliberately, I did not say The Defenders or Iron Fist. So it gave me the feelings of those four projects where it was... Marvel and Netflix were willing to say, hey, we're not trying to do the bright, colorful, flying around superheroes. We're going with street level dudes that are going to get in the fights. They're going to get bloody. These fights are going to look realistic. Like, this is what these characters are into. And Echo was that type of character from what they portrayed her in Hawkeye. Hawkeye was a little more lighthearted, but like, you could see that the direction of a character like the direction a character like Echo would take makes more sense for that Netflix version of these characters, right? That Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones type thing. So that first trailer looked like that. Like Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin looked great again, looked violent, complex. The character had layers. I just hope that that trailer is not an anomaly where it's like, like Secret Invasion's trailer. Looks great. Secret Invasion was trash. There's, there's just no other way to talk about it. Secret Invasion was not good. But the trailer, that initial trailer, looked so promising. So I'm hoping that that's not the case with Echo, where you have a really good-looking trailer for something that is not going to live up to it in quality. Um, so I'm hoping the same for Daredevil, that now that they have pulled back on whatever it is they were planning to do that we get a good quality daredevil born again that takes us back to those netflix roots that that we that first drew us to this character um and then after that the same day that i saw the marvels was the season finale of loki and man, oh man, <laughs> Marvel, they, they, they did that with Loki. They definitely put that, took the time and effort to make Loki season one and two just phenomenal to the point where I was, I read today that the writer for Loki is now going to be writing, um, the next two Avengers movies, Kang, um, Kang Dynasty, if they're still going with Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, nah, cool. Let him do that. Which was part of the problem before where they were having writers siloed. So it's like, as you were making your movie, you, you did not know what else was happening within the MCU. And this was in like the later phases, which is why Multiverse of Madness had a version of Wanda. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. But in Multiverse of Madness... Wanda's character was so different from what was in WandaVision. So it was like, yo, she she had the turnaround. She had the whole character arc. Like, it happened. She changed. And then Multiverse of Madness comes along, and she's right back to what she was. And then you find out that's because the writers didn't get to see WandaVision. So even Elizabeth Olsen was confused at, at, at the direction of her character because she felt like, I, I turned a leaf. I turned the corner in WandaVision. So what is happening? So it is good to have a writer who worked on a project that is going to directly impact the following projects also work on them so we can have some some of the 
old-fashioned continuity, not this forced continuity where you're just kind of throwing things together now. And that's been the problem with Marvel. The continuity has not been organic anymore. It's been very inauthentic where like you can tell like the movies aren't they're connected only because they're connected but like the characters like the marvels is a prime example like nick fury in agents of in um secret invasion is not the same nick fury that was in the marvels he was fun funny making jokes like he was a joy to watch in in the marvels and he was like sad old man in secret invasion so like and it's the same character, Sam Jackson playing both of them. So it's like, did y'all talk when y'all made these two movies at all? Did y'all even, do y'all even like each other? Do y'all know each other? Like, that's what it felt like watching those two projects back to back. It was, it was insanity. So it, it will be good to get a little bit of continuity back in the MCU. It's good to see that Kevin Feige is getting a little bit more control back over like making sure we're going to scale back the number of projects we're putting out we're going to put out some stuff with some quality um they're changing the way they're doing the tv shows which i can't wait to see because quite frankly the tv shows need to be handled like tv shows like secret invasion was not good i don't think she hulk was very good um so i want them to move away from that six episode eight episode um Thing that just feels like a, a kind of long movie instead of feeling like an actual TV series. I'm, I'm hoping that they, they stop doing that. Give us some quality episodes that, that we can watch and enjoy but still tie into the bigger universe. And hoping for the best with the Marvel, with the Marvel Universe. Um, I'm not even going to talk about the Sony stuff. Oh, no, I'm lying. I am going to. So Sony is doing what they're doing. I'm going to make this real quick because... Sony is, 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 I'm not going to say they're annoying me because I understand why they're doing it. They're trying to milk the characters they have access to. But so Sony is making a movie based on Madam Web. And it, it's just the dumbest thing. And I'm, I'm okay with being wrong when the movie comes out. I mean, I'm not going to go see it, but I'll hear about it. I'm okay with being wrong, but like between Venom and Morbius and Craven that's coming out and Madam Web, Sony is just picking all of their Spider-Man adjacent characters so they can make movies, so they can keep the rights to Spider-Man, which is ridiculous because at this point, just let Marvel reclaim the rights to Spider-Man because y'all have not been able to make a good Spider-Man movie since Spider-Man 2, the original Spider-Man 2. Not talking about the Andrew Garfield version. I know a lot of people like him. I did not, but... I'm going back to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. The Spider-Man 3 was absolute garbage. I would like Sony to just let it go. Outside of Into the Spider-Verse, like the Spider-Verse stuff with Miles Morales, which they're doing a great job at, they're not getting this product right. So let it go. Like Venom was stupid. Despite the fact that it made money, Venom and Venom 2 were dumb. I have zero hopes for Craven, and the fact that Madam Web has a movie is baffling to me. Because she was, she was, she wasn't even a main comic character. I only know her from being in the Spider-Man cartoon in the '90s as a side character helping Peter find Mary Jane. Like it. So how they're going to make a whole movie about Madam Web, I'm confused. I'm I'm not going to go see it. I'm not going to lie. I will catch it when it's free on something, maybe. But I'm absolutely not going to the movie theaters to see it because I've been hurt enough by Sony and, and Fox and all these other properties that make movies. Um, but yeah, so that's it for my like entertainment talk because I'm waiting till Rick and Morty is done to, to really unpack the whole season. So far, this has been one of the better. It it has been one of the best seasons for the canon. The episodes on their own have been good. Some some have been really good, but like episode five of Rick and Morty this season has been was phenomenal. It 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 tied up years of of canon development that. I'm not even going to get into if you haven't seen it yet, but once Rick and Morty is done, I'm going to go, I'm going to give a full breakdown of the season. Um, and, and 
for anybody who follows me on Facebook, y'all already know when uh, House of the Dragons was out, I was doing my little Facebook, my Tuesday weekly posting, and we would get into our discussion. So now we're going to be doing that on the pod. So on Tuesdays after House of the Dragon, we will be having our breakdown. So it might not even be on Tuesdays. I might do it right after the show. Who knows? I may log on on Sunday nights as soon as it's done. And we may chop it up there. So we'll see what happens when House of the Dragon comes back next year. I can't wait. But um, that is it for the entertainment portion of the episode. And I don't think I have anything else that I absolutely need to talk about tonight. Um, so I think this is a good point to wrap it up. We're about to hit an hour so I can uh, get some sleep. But I want to thank you guys for rocking with me. Thank you guys for tuning in. By all means, feel free. If you got my info, hit me up. Send me any topics you want me to discuss. Give me any feedback. I'm open to all of it. This is, again, a work in progress, and we're going to continue to build and grow this as time goes on until we can get it just right, till we can perfect all of the little things. We're going to tweak what we can in the meantime. If, if you think I should go back to Soundbang Entertainment Studios for this, let me know. I, I don't plan on it, but, you know, if enough people say, hey, we liked it better there. Again, this is for the visual. If you just listen to the audio, you ain't got to worry about that. I'm still going to be doing what I do. Um, but yeah, man, send all your feedback. Make sure you're following me on whatever social media platforms you are on. If you like the episodes, please subscribe. You know, that is the best way to support the channel and support what I do. It's Logic Promotions on all social media. Also, Applying Logic Pod on all social media platforms. And if you're looking for the video for this, it's going to be on the YouTube page at Logic Promotions. So you can Google all that. You can also find all of my event recap videos on there. Once again, if you're in the DMV area for New Year's, we're going to be at Royalty Seku Flex's annual all-inclusive event. So follow Seku Flex on Instagram to get all the information when the tickets drop. And um, I think that is it, folks. So... With that, be, with that said, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I hope everybody's Christmas is great, your holiday season. Enjoy it. You'll hug your, love, hug your loved ones. And as always, be kind to one another. Don't stress the stuff that you have no control over. And do not argue with fools. All right? And with that said, I'm out.